Hi, and welcome to the It's Not You, It's PCOS podcast. I'm Ebony. And I'm Laura. And we're two expert PCOS dietitians. We're going to be sharing with you our favorite evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle tips so you can start to feel your best with PCOS. If you have ever blamed yourself for having PCOS or for any of the frustrating symptoms that come along with it, we want you to know that it's not you, it's PCOS, and that with the right knowledge and support, you can live a full, healthy and happy life with this condition. Welcome to today's episode of the It's Not You, It's PCOS podcast. My name is Ebony and today I'm going to be bringing you a solo episode and I'm going to be answering one of our listener questions and I'm really looking forward to answering this question because it's a question that comes up a lot on socials and it's a really common concern that a lot of my clients have when they first start working with me. So our listener question today is, does PCOS cause fatigue? And what can I do about it? So if you feel like you are totally wiped out all the time, running on empty, feeling completely exhausted, even after a pretty good night's sleep, this is quite a common symptom of PCOS. And to be honest, it's probably one of the most frequently reported symptoms that I see in my clinic. It can be so challenging to muster up the energy to go for a walk, to cook dinner, to do shopping, to even go to work when you are feeling really fatigued and all you feel like doing is crawling back into bed. So it can be quite a debilitating symptom and it can have a really, really big impact on someone's quality of life. When I'm working with a client who is living with PCOS and they're experiencing fatigue, I really do have to get my detective's hat on because there are so many different underlying causes of fatigue, some of which are directly related to PCOS and some which aren't. So it's really important to recognize that in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some common causes of fatigue that I see coming up regularly in my clinic with my clients, but it's not an exhaustive list. So if you are experiencing fatigue, please make sure that you speak with a health professional, your own health professional, to make sure that you get to the bottom of it. When we look at PCOS-related fatigue, one of the main causes of PCOS fatigue is unmanaged insulin resistance. So insulin resistance can affect anywhere from 75 to 95% of women who are diagnosed with PCOS. And what insulin resistance does is it makes it really difficult for the cells in your muscle and your brain to use glucose for energy. And glucose is our body's preferred source of fuel. So essentially your cells aren't really getting optimal energy for them to function effectively. So this can obviously cause you to feel quite fatigued. The good news is nutrition and lifestyle strategies can really, really help you to manage insulin resistance. And we have a upcoming podcast episode talking all about insulin resistance and how you can manage insulin resistance. So I'm not going to go into that into too much detail because we'll be covering that in a lot greater detail later on. So keep your eyes out for that podcast landing soon. But I want to run through with you some other strategies and some other common causes of PCOS-related fatigue. So the first one is not moving your body enough. 
Physical activity is a really great way to improve your energy levels. Now, granted, it does take some energy expenditure to actually do the exercise, but the benefits of that long-term payoff in terms of increasing your energy levels. So, don't go and start, you know, trying to hit the gym every single day doing these really intense exercises. Start small. Start with achievable exercise, like a short daily walk, or even if it's just getting up from your desk and moving your body every hour or two. Every little bit counts and the key is to find movement that you enjoy rather than you dread. So, if you hate running, please don't go and start running because it's very unlikely that you're going to continue doing that in the long term. You've got to find something that brings you a little bit of joy and that you're exercising for the right reasons. You're not exercising and seeing it as a form of punishment or something that's a bit of a dread or something that you feel like you're forced to do. The next really important thing that you can do to help manage your fatigue is to make sure that you build well-balanced meals. Now, this will help to target that insulin resistance, but what it will also do is give you a really sustained release of energy. When you build a well-balanced meal that has the right amount of good quality carbohydrates, good quality protein, healthy fats and fiber for your needs, then this will provide you with really sustained energy release. When we have meals that are not well-balanced, these can digest really, really quickly and cause your blood sugar levels to spike. And when they spike, you're going to get a crash quite soon after. And this is where we can see really significant dips in your energy levels. So, what we're aiming for is that sustained long-term release of energy. And what we want to avoid is those peaks and troughs in your blood sugar levels because that will also cause peaks and troughs in your energy levels. Another common cause of PCOS-related fatigue is hypothyroidism. And hypothyroidism is a condition where your thyroid gland fails to produce sufficient amounts of thyroid hormones. And these hormones play a really important role in regulating your body's metabolism and also for energy production. So when there is a deficiency of these hormones, it can result in fatigue, along with other frustrating symptoms like weight gain and mood changes. A really interesting recent systematic review found that there was a clear relationship between PCOS and subclinical hypothyroidism, with women who were diagnosed with PCOS more likely to be also diagnosed with subclinical hypothyroidism. So, if you're experiencing fatigue, having a chat with your healthcare provider, your GP, about your thyroid and potentially getting your thyroid hormones tested could be an important step for you. When it comes to nutrition, there are a number of different nutrient deficiencies that may either exacerbate or cause fatigue. Today, I really want to speak about one nutrient deficiency in particular, and that's iron deficiency, because iron deficiency is the most common nutrient deficiency worldwide experienced by women. Iron deficiency occurs when there is not enough iron in your body, and your body can't produce iron. We need to get it from the foods that we eat. So, iron is needed to produce something called red blood cells, and red blood cells are crucial for a healthy immune system. They're also really important for maintaining muscle strength and energy, and also for our cognitive function. 
So fatigue is often the first red flag that you may be iron deficient, but you also might experience symptoms like feeling really short of breath and dizzy, struggling to remember things or concentrate. You might find like words slipping your mind or being a little bit more forgetful than normal. And you also might experience decreased libido or a decreased sex drive. Another really common sign of iron deficiency is difficulty with recurrent infections. So you're continuing to get infections over and over again, or it's taking a really long time for your infections to resolve. And there are three main causes of iron deficiency. First up, we have insufficient intake of iron-rich foods. So that's not eating enough iron-rich foods. The second one is having difficulties absorbing iron in your gastrointestinal tract. So this could result from having a condition such as celiac disease, where when you have undiagnosed celiac disease or unmanaged celiac disease, eating gluten can damage the villi in the small intestine. And when that villi is damaged, your body won't absorb nutrients as effectively. And finally, iron deficiency can be due to blood loss. So a really common cause of iron deficiency due to blood loss is with heavy periods. And heavy periods can be a symptom that some women with PCOS experience. Other causes of blood loss can be due to ulcers in the gut, bowel polyps, and things more sinister like cancer. So we always really want to make sure that iron deficiency is investigated by your doctor. Detecting iron deficiency is really simple. It can be picked up via a blood test. So if you are fatigued, it's really important to talk to your doctor about whether getting your iron levels tested would be a good option for you. And when it comes to treating iron deficiency, luckily if your fatigue's caused by iron deficiency, we can get really good improvements with your fatigue just by correcting that deficiency and getting your iron stores within the optimal range. We can achieve this, first of all, through increasing your dietary intake of iron and ensuring that iron is being absorbed as well as possible. And a dietitian is a fantastic person to help you to look at what you're eating and give you some really personalized advice around how you can add more of those iron-rich foods into your day-to-day -day diet. The second option is restoring your iron levels through an iron supplement. And there are a number of different options, which obviously we need to be discussing in a one-to-one -one setting with our health providers. And then finally, if needed, there is the option for an iron transfusion, which is the appropriate choice for some people. And once again, needs to be a conversation between yourself and your doctor and your dietitian as to whether this could be a good treatment option for you to restore your iron levels. The next thing, this is a really, really important one that I don't think gets spoken about enough. And it's something that I know I ask a lot of my clients when they report fatigue and that's spreading themselves too thin. So what do I mean by that is saying yes to everything. And I find my clients who are mums are often doing this a lot. So they're prioritizing everyone else's well-being ahead of their own. They're saying yes to everyone else, their kids, their husbands, their work, and their needs get pushed down to the bottom. And when you're stretched so thin and you are trying to do all of the things, juggle all of the balls, that is overwhelming and 
exhausting, both physically and mentally. And this is something that I see contributing quite significantly to a lot of my clients' fatigue. So it's about taking a long, hard look at what you're doing, how stretched you are, and whether there's any way that you can reduce that load at all. And it sounds so easy me sitting here saying that, but this is actually one of the most challenging things to do because actually asking for what you need and making your needs known and heard can be a really confronting and challenging thing for some people to do. So if you're sitting here kind of nodding your head and going, oh, that's me, I feel really uncomfortable saying that, like, no, saying no to people, then this could be a sign to get some professional support from a counselor or a psychologist who can give you the tools and the skills to really advocate for yourself and your needs. It's an important one and you can't stick your head in the sand about this one, uh, especially if it's an issue for you. Your fatigue will not be going anywhere if this is something that is concerning you. The next thing is being stuck indoors all day. You know, when we think about, you know, being inside all day, artificial light, lighting, potentially dark environments in front of a computer screen, then this can definitely contribute to our fatigue. So, scheduling in some sunshine, getting outdoors can do wonders for your energy levels, can help to promote more movement, which is great. And it's actually been proven in research to lower stress levels. So, really make it a point to split up your day if you're working inside, Take some time to get outside, whether it's for your morning tea break or maybe your lunch break. You know, get out of your regular environment, get outside to eat your lunch, uh, go for a short walk, whatever it is to get outside, that can really help to boost your mood and your energy levels. The next thing that I want to discuss is another really important one that I see time and time again impacting on women's energy levels, and that's restriction and under-eating. So, proper nutrition, proper fueling is vital to combat PCOS fatigue. And unfortunately, I know a lot of clients when they first come to see me are usually on that diet roller coaster. They're on the binge restrict cycle. So, they're either really restricting their intake in an effort to either lose weight or, or manage their PCOS. And this really does have an impact on your energy levels. As I said, carbohydrates are our body's preferred third source of fuel. Our body needs them to function effectively. And if you're cutting them out or you're going too low on your carbohydrates, your energy levels are going to suffer, especially if you're also exercising quite a lot on top of that as well. So, you really need to steer clear of extreme calorie restriction. And when it comes to weight management, it's about getting that sustainable calorie deficit, not an extreme calorie deficit. We want to avoid skipping meals and make sure that you're giving your body the right fuel so that it can function at its best. So we want to give our body the fuel it needs for our brain and our muscles to function most effectively. And we know that different types of food and different dietary patterns can help to achieve this. And as always, getting that personalized nutrition advice is really going to ensure that you're making the best choices for you and your lifestyle and your unique nutrition needs because it really does vary from person to person. There's no one size fits all here. 
Now, finally, this brings me to getting enough sleep. Sleep is crucial for managing fatigue. And I know it sounds really obvious, but it's one that a lot of us are not doing well. And I'm going to be the first to put my hand up and say, I am not a good sleeper. I am a night owl. I am up at all hours of the night and I really need to make very conscious decisions and almost really self-monitor my sleep. So it's something that I know that I personally have to really intentionally work on in order for me to feel my best. So it's something that a lot of other, a lot of people struggle with as well. So quality sleep really is the secret source. It is the foundations of good health. We know poor quality sleep can impact on not only your fatigue, but also on your appetite. You're more likely to eat more the next day if you have a poor night's sleep. And look, your energy restoration really does depend on it. So establishing a relaxing bedtime routine, creating a sleep-friendly environment, so having that really dark room, good temperature, no bright lights or crazy loud noises, and aiming for a solid seven to nine hours of uninterrupted sleep each night. Something I will mention with PCOS is that you're more likely to experience sleep apnea and sleep disturbances. So if you are having a full night's sleep and you're waking up in the morning and you've got a really, really dry mouth or you're waking up and you're feeling like you have not even slept for an hour, so you're waking up completely exhausted even though you've gone to bed at 8 o'clock and you've woken up you know, at 6.30 in the morning and you're feeling completely depleted before you even get out of bed. These are all red flags that you need to talk to your GP about because they're all warning signs of sleep apnea. And basically sleep apnea is where you are not getting into that steep restorative sleep in the nighttime. You're waking multiple times throughout the night, but you're not aware because you're only they're only very micro seconds of being awake. And sleep apnea has a number of health consequences if you don't get on top of it. And we know that poor sleep is linked with increased weight as well. And that by addressing sleep, you can potentially um, help with weight management as well. So it's really important that you do speak with your doctor about any sleep issues that you have so that you can be tested for sleep apnea. So it's really important that to remember that making small changes, sustainable changes and the right changes for you are crucial in order to improve your energy levels with PCOS. But I want you to know if you are feeling fatigued, if you are feeling really run down, this does not have to be your new normal. You can definitely improve your energy levels with making the right nutrition and lifestyle changes and from seeking support from your healthcare team. So please make sure that you reach out for help if you are really struggling with fatigue because you really deserve to feel better and you deserve to be functioning at your best and living your best, healthiest life with PCOS. I hope you found that episode helpful. And if you have any more questions for us, please let us know via social media on our Instagram accounts or send us an email. I'll pop a link to both of those in the show notes. We always want to hear your questions because this podcast is created for you and we want it to be as helpful as possible. So please reach out, let us know what you want to hear about, and we will answer your questions on upcoming episodes. 
If you found this episode helpful, please don't forget to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to go and leave a review for us. We love hearing your thoughts on the podcast and we look forward to bringing you more informative episodes to help you navigate living with PCOS with confidence. 